Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another of the NPL Sunday here on the Brisbane Football Review. It has been Coronation Weekend. Adam, plenty of premierships and promotions secured around around the leagues. Going on, how's your weekend been? Yeah, it's been been a very very uh, good weekend. Plenty of miles covered for for us. Uh, obviously, getting uh, getting three nights of football this week. But yeah, uh, unofficially, some silverware has been handed out uh, this weekend. So that means we must be getting to the business end of the season. We are definitely at the business end of the season. And we'll start off with that silverware because that is what the game is played for. And starting with the MPL men's competition, where congratulations to Lions SC who have claimed a third. MPL Men's Premiership go with, to go along with 2018 and 2019. They are your 2022 MPL Men's Premiers. 3-2 winners tonight over Olympic. We'll get to the game later on, Adam, but three Premierships in five years is an absolutely fantastic achievement for Lions FC. Yeah, um, look, they they knew from day one that they actually joined the uh, MPL. You knew that this is a club that, you know, with a great history that, you know, that meant business. And uh, look, they, they are, you know, pretty much the gold standards far as club football in this region. And I said this season, especially uh, other than week one, which uh, it's sort of started off with a bit of a disaster since then. Um, they, they, they have been uh, relentless and uh, look, congratulations to Darren Syme and his, his staff and the entire squad on a uh, massive achievement. Absolutely. Congratulations to Darren and the entire team out there at Richlands. And you mentioned that loss on match day one against Gold Coast Knights. It's one of just two they've had in the league this season. The other one, of course, being last week against Gold Coast United. So they've been an absolute model of consistency, Adam. And some of the football that they've played in particular has been a real real joy to watch. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, look, watching, you know, Andy Pengelly and uh, Alex Fechner, you know, up front. And then obviously then, you know, a lot of the unsung heroes, you know, Sean Carlos and Joe Duckworth in the engine room in the uh, middle. And not, not, to, and not to mention sort of, you know, the, the, uh, the back, the uh, defenders and sort of, yeah. And, and look, it's been a team effort. Look, like I said, I, I, I you know, uh, put, sort of you know, highlight those four players. But like I said, I'd be remiss to you know, not name the whole entire squad. You know, they, they sort of, it's been a very compact squad. You know, there sort of hasn't been much change. Even even Louis Fenton coming in late has added a different dimension to the side. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, more honours, I think it, it's up to them to lose now, I think. I think that uh, they're in the driver's seat and uh, a, a lot of the contenders are playing catch-up at the moment. They will certainly be the favourites to claim a third grand final in a couple of months' time. I'd see if they can do that. But this is the first premiership in the Darren Syme era. We caught it with Darren Syme after the game at the Gwynn Park tonight against Olympics. Let's see what Darren had to say. And we'll be back to talk about the game right after this. All right, we're talking about the Premier Ring coach of Lions, Darren Syme. Darren, 3-2 winner to the Olympic. First points on that. Congratulations on the win. You're actually happy with the result? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, from the first minute this season... To, to this moment, um, the boys have worked extremely hard. Um, had a couple of setbacks along the way, and um, I'm just very, very proud, very, very happy for them. 
because I think they deserve it, yeah. If you set the game up in the first half with some really good play, you must be really happy with the way the game plan worked out for you. Yeah, we, um, we came here uh, with a clear game plan. Um, we probably defended more than I anticipated, to be fair. I, 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 certainly in the first half, when we got the ball, we looked... You know, comfortable and you know, which was a big departure from the last game we had here, and that was one of the main goals is to to make sure we come here to play. Obviously, the second half we were defending the lead and we probably sat in a little bit longer, but it's a win and we'll take it. You got the job done, of course. And um, this is you won a couple of grand finals previously. This is your first premiership as the head coach of Lions. I'm really proud of that achievement personally. Oh yeah, it's it's you know, no, it's a fantastic club to to work for. Um, as long as I'm doing my bit and, uh, you know, chipping away and, uh, you know, ensuring the success for, for the, you know, the next generation of coaches and players, then, uh, you know, I've done my job. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. It's fine. The challenge is now to go on and make it three straight in the grand finals. Well, just keep the boys focused on that. Well, they were driving that in the circle at the end. You know, I, I certainly said we'll enjoy the moment. Um, we have to enjoy our successes, but we'll, uh, we'll make sure... You know, that's just one thing that we have to tick off. The next one is obviously doing a, going as far as we can in the finals. Um, but that, they're going to drive that. Well, you're going to enjoy that success. Congratulations, Darren. Thanks, gentlemen. And thank you, Darren, once again for his time out there. Congratulations once again to everyone at Lions FC. Adam, we'll talk about the actual game now as we start our recap of round 20 of the MPL men's competition. It was a 3-2 win, as I mentioned, for Lions over the three goals from Andy Pangeli. Cancelled out a second, a brace from Daniel Leck. And... It was close on the score sheet, but it was a pretty comfortable performance, particularly in the first half from Lions, wasn't it? It got closer in the second half, but in the first half, it was pretty comprehensive. Yeah, uh, look, Lions, pretty much from from the get-go, they absorbed some early pressure from from Olympic, but uh, from from the opening goal that was scored by Andy Pengelly, it was pre- it was pretty much you know they they were in cruise control. And by the time Pengelly added his third uh, in in uh, the about the the fifth minute, it was yeah, like I said they were clearly on top. Uh, second half, yeah, Olympic. Olympics sort of did sort of try and graft their way back. They sort of had to get more daring uh, in attack. Eventually, sort of it, it came it came through late as the uh, Lions sort of started to look like they were taking the foot off the pedal and uh, sort of you know a late, a late goal by Daniel Leck to make it three two. All of a sudden, it, it set up you know, a, a frantic last you know, few minutes. But uh, on the balance, our uh, Lions were the better team on the night. They most certainly. We'll talk about a couple of controversial moments in a minute, but there were a couple of trends in this game in particular, which might suggest it was very similar to the time they first met this year out at the gold line, which was a 3-1 win for Lions. So pretty similar scoreline, but they're also very similar in the way that they attacked down that left-hand side. And also Joe Duckworth was in a load of space consistently. So some things that were the hallmarks of that win were the hallmarks of the win again tonight. Yeah, look, it's generally concerning, I think, for um, for watching Olympic in that uh, that the left, that right side defence, uh, n- namely sort of you know Shelford Dias and uh, Matt Mundy, they Lions have sent a lot of uh, traffic down that side, and in in some motions you had Andy Pengelly actually playing you know as as a deep line winger coming coming back in, and Alex Fecknell's playing up front, which normally it's role, roles reverse. And uh, yeah, but they just were just relentless in that first half, coming down that down the stand side. If, if when you're watching, uh, if you watch the game on um, FQTV, and it just it just seems they just that that was that was the plan from the outset attacking wise. Uh, Olympic 
you know, in in attack were were, were decent. They they could have they could have been up very very early had Zach Kierpal, um had scored. Mind you, I'll we'll give some credit to uh, Hassan Ramazani for for a nice block. But that that could change the whole motion of the game when when you know Olympics start out strong. But uh, yeah, that that uh, that left side attack, right side defence for Olympic. That that was something that was you know, I think really concerning that they really sort of you know targeted that area of the pitch. Yeah, on the ball, Olympic is certainly a very good side going forward. We saw plenty of that against a lot of chances created. Just maybe going the other way, that's slightly open against the the best teams in this league. Can open them up? We'll have to see if they can close that up in the final series. But there was a bit of controversy. There was a penalty given to to Lions for, for a foul on was it? It was on Alex Fechner, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was started just outside the area and went into the area, and it was given as a penalty. What's your thoughts on the on that decision? Yeah, look, from our vantage point, it was it was hard to see the, the challenge itself. Yeah, no question, no no question. It was a it, it was a foul. Um, but yeah, obviously you had to be sort of at ground level or you know sort of at that end of the pitch to determine whether it was uh, you know where the foul started out of the box. The video evidence suggests that perhaps it was. Um, but look, yeah, other than from seeing that, yeah, uh, I think maybe uh, the referee might have might have got that. Well, they got that slightly wrong, but I, I look. I don't. I don't think it was a game-changing uh, decision, especially at that stage. I thought Lions were well on top, and look, there's every chance that uh, that if it was a free kick, that uh, Lions may even probably scored off the next off that passage. So yeah, look, it's one of those unfortunate things, but I don't think it was a game changer to be honest. No, I tend to agree it wasn't really a game changer. It might have been a questionable decision, but I don't think it was a game changer. Just finally on this game, Adam. It's now one win in six for Olympic against their their rivals. Now, do you think that if they were to meet again in the final series, do you think that could be something that starts to play in their mind a little bit of how do they actually beat this team given they've gone up against them so many times and haven't been able to find a way through consistently? Or does the two guys that scored tonight tell you that they do have got a way to get through that they should tighten up at the back? Look, I think it, it it might be weighing on their minds thinking how, the, how can they beat Lions? Now, obviously, you know... The, the style of play that Olympic play and what's given them the most success is in attack. There's there's no question that they have you know one of the most gifted attacks you know, in the league. The problem is is that it relies on you know it would rely on a Lions side to be you know below par and not take their chances for them to sort of capitalise. And it, you'd almost you'd almost think that you know if you go be a crystal ball gazing that you know if if the, if it was going to be an Olympic win. You know, say on grand final day, uh, you think it's going to be a shootout, like it, it, like a four three, a three two result. I, I just I just can't see at the moment that uh, unless they really sort of do something about you know you know really nullifying that that attack down the left side, uh, that, that that they can that they can stop them. But on the ball, absolutely, if if things go right, they take every chance and lines squander chances or just luck doesn't go their way. That's why at the moment it's the only way I can almost see them beating beating um, Lions at the moment, which, look, it may sound harsh, but then again, I give Olympic a lot more chance of them being Lions than, you know, the the rest of, of the league at the moment. I think they probably, with the exception of, you know, Gold Coast Knights and Peninsula Power, who are probably going to be the other sides. The rest of the league at the moment, I give them no chance of be, being Lions the way they're playing. 
Yeah, I tend to think Olympic have the best chance, but I don't have a crystal ball. So I'm going to move on to the rest of the games in round 20. Starting with the Gold Coast Derby on Friday night down there at Coplick Family Sports Park. Our annual trip down there for the derby. We always enjoy getting down there for the derby. This was no exception. It was an absolutely cracking game between the two sides. Max Brown gave Knights the lead for the halftime break before two goals in a few minutes from Shane Smelt and Kai Tapaldo gave the home side what looked like it could be their first home win in the W before a late deflected goal from Pasquale De, Pasquale De Vita, Adam gave Gold Coast Knights a share of the points, and this was an absolutely outstanding game full of entertainment. Yes, uh, look, I, I think uh, we're sort of almost guaranteed that you know, every time that these two sides, at least when we're, we're in attendance, they have been a very, very good game, and this was no exception. Uh, this, this game sort of you know turned on a dime. I thought you know Gold Coast Knights were clearly the best side in the first half, but obviously uh, in the second half, uh, Gold Coast United they they fought back. They actually got got in front, uh, especially uh, when they got in front and Kai Tapalda. I know. Really enjoyed that goal against his, his former club, um, yeah, and a bit of a uh, um, bit bit of uh, luck that went against the Gold Coast United with that deflection off uh, the Vita's shot that you now went in late, and uh, yeah, look, I think on balance, I think two all was a fair result, uh, but but yeah, I think that uh, yeah, it was a case of you know Gold Coast United, I think again. You know, sort of felt the death at home, which you know, it's, I think it's almost going to be the, the story of their season. That you know, so close, but you know, just not not there. It does seem that way. We spoke to both coaches. We'll hear from them in a moment. But it was clear that Gold Coast and United were the happier side of the two. But it does seem like, despite the fact that I'll say again, despite the fact they picked up a point in this game, it does feel like it might be a little hurdle too far in terms of that top four battle now in terms of trying to get into that top four it's they get they're going to need to be pretty much run the board the rest of the way and they've got they've got some you know tricky matches including a big showdown with uh a, a rescheduled match against potential power at home and i think that's that's going to be critical they get past that then they almost have a win in your in situation you know against um against sunshine Coast Wanderers at home on the you know what is now going to be the last day of the season, which is actually a catch-up round. So look, it's, it starts it starts with a trip to Heath Park um, midweek, uh, and then and, and that, that's a must-win if they want to um, push on from finals. But as as Gray Pittick said, that's that's all they can do at this point. They just got to keep on playing. They got to keep on collecting the points. Maybe get some get some help from around them and. You know, they they could they could land in top four, but uh, yeah, look, I think they've been they would be much more comfortable had they have gotten all three points. No, no, but that was a very good performance, nevertheless, from Gold Coast. And you mentioned we caught up with Greg, but that's all he had to say. It was Gold Coast Knights coach Scott McDonald after their two-all draw in the Gold Coast Derby. We'll be back right after this. What's up, Coach Gold Coast? I'm Greg Pitt. Great two-all draw here at home against Gold Coast Knights. Had to fight back to get back in the game. Gave up the late goal. What are your thoughts overall? Yeah, look, uh, it's one of those ones where, you know, we, we probably weren't quite at the races in the first half and, and they deserved to be 1-0 up and probably could have got a second. Um, but, yeah, we discussed a few things at half-time and, yeah, certainly second half was, was a great performance from our boys and, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the equaliser are not long to go and, you know, it's a big deflection that's going miles wide. So... You know, we had a, probably had a bit of luck last week with some of the goals that we scored, and you know tonight maybe just didn't quite go our way. But you know, all in all, 
you know, it's probably a fair result. Just hurts a bit when you're only a few minutes away from winning. Was against these guys here as well who are challenging you for that spot in the top four? Was it, was it extra important to try and get the, the points tonight, to try and get that marker over them? Oh, look, yeah, it was a derby game, so it doesn't even the top four or whatever, just you'll you want to win that, um, that game regardless. Um, we've never done that here at home at Gold Coast United, so, you know, it was a good opportunity and the boys have been in, in good form. So, again, they were fantastic tonight. We're, you know, we've got a number of players who, who didn't play tonight um, because of injury and... You know, we had a few injured last week, then a few injured training this week at the last minute. So, um, you know, again, the, the young boys have stepped up and, and come through and, and they should be proud of themselves. Absolutely. You just you mentioned you've got a lot of injuries. You've also got a lot of games played between now and the end of the year. Catch-up games coming up, they're really important for you, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. We, we go again Tuesday. Um, so we recover now. Um, we might have one or two back for Tuesday, which would be fantastic. Um, so, you know, the, some of the boys sort of come back and come off the bench today off the back of, of not doing much, and, and they gave us some impetus. So I think they're going to be important Tuesday and, and later in the week as well. So we've got everything to play for still. So, you know, we just keep going. Well, thank you, Tom Gray. Good luck midweek. Cheers. Thank you. Coast Gold Coast tonight. Scott McDonald's got two all draw here against Gold Coast. What are your thoughts on that one? You started comfortable in the first half before they came back into it? Yeah, we were. Um, look, they, they're always going to come in the game at home, aren't they? They're going to try and push it, so they did. Um, and we didn't deal with it uh, well enough. It's as simple as that. Disappointed in the second half performance and how we, we, we weren't comfortable like we were first half. Because when we play and we believe, we're one of the best teams, if not the best, in the league. So need to do it continuously and consistently um, and that's what is the frustrating part for us as a staff is that it's up to them you can't you can't you can't go on the field for them they have to then action it when they're out there and keep the momentum absolutely i mean you mentioned besides one of the best in the league is top two now still the ambition for the end of the season well, of course it is yeah, of course it is you know, why wouldn't it be um there's still a lot of football to be played we've got a lot of injuries though you see that tonight. We're, we're struggling like with that, so it's frustrating because we've had that many bloody call-offs this year that it's just all of a sudden stretched out and we've not had the luck that some other teams have had to be able to keep everyone fit. We've had really some, some real unlucky ones this year with knocks, so um, it's just a frustration, but that's part of football. You, you just have to live with that and try and cope with it and, and try and put a team out there that's competitive and we're, we're continuing to do that so and we will continue to do that so look we got back in the game so I'm, I'm pleased with that in terms of and that's been our character all season long we haven't lost a lot of games I'm really really not happy with the goals because we don't concede goals and we don't concede stupid ones like that either so um, we've got the best defensive record in the league for a reason but that wasn't us tonight in the second half And thank you to Gray and Scott for their time once again down there on the Gold Coast on Friday. Now, Adam will go through the rest of the games in round 20 now. We'll start off with a game which is near and dear to your heart, the Morton Bay derby between the Morton Bay United <laughs> Jets and Peninsula Power. And it was a 2-1 win for Peninsula Power, a revenge matchup from earlier in the year where Morton Bay went to AJ Kelly Park and got the winner. Lyndon Farr did give Morton Bay the lead on the arm up for Josh Woolley and Malachi Loves Smear rounded out what's been a really successful week for Peninsula Power. Yeah, um, yeah, Malachi Loves Smear again the uh, again the winning goal to go with his two uh, in in the cups. Uh, he's obviously continued former 
look, Peninsula Power were under strength for this game. They did rest a number of players ahead of their their big round of 16 match against Green Gully next Sunday. Um, but they they still were good enough to get to get all three points at Walter Park. So um, yeah, look, it's uh, for from Morton Bay's point of view. No, they cannot make the finals. That's, that's, that's mathematically official now, by the way. They've only got two yeah. games to play and they're seven points out. So that's <laughs> yeah. official. Yeah, but it looks like as well that, you know, they, they, they've probably got enough in hand where they, they're going to be safe. So I, I'm probably a safe mid-table finish for, for them. Uh, but, but yeah, look, uh, potential power, you know, this could have been very dangerous as far as uh, that, uh, you know, they could have certainly dropped points in this game considering it looks like at the moment they're, they're resting players ahead of the um, Australia Cup. So, so yeah, so, you know, well done to them, you know, collecting three points there. Absolutely. Speaking of teams that will be safely mid-table, Adam, Brisbane City, 4-1 winners away from home against Eastern Suburbs on Saturday night. Kai Bolton, hat-trick, as well as Sam Subutuara, Gave got the four goals for Eastern for Brisbane City in that game. I beg your pardon. Kai Fechner scored for Eastern Suburbs. About Daniel Cunha sent off. It's been a really great run of form for Brisbane City, but perhaps a little bit of concern for East now looking over their shoulder with with sides behind them starting to close the gap. Yeah, look, uh, two things on this. Um, first, I'll deal with uh, the uh, Daniel Cunha sent off, and uh, saw the vision on that, and um, I'm. I'm I'm speechless. I don't know what possessed him to foul. Both both occasions, you know, there didn't seem to be any danger as far as uh, you know the, the attacking player, you know, being in on goal like they're both. The first, the first one, he, I reckon, he all he had to do was shadow the ball out, and it was going to be a goal kick. So I, I really don't know what what what's going on there. That's it is just just one of the more bizarre things. You know, I've seen. On the other hand, let's look about positives. Brisbane City, four straight wins now. So they are absolutely flying. And, you know, obviously the whole worries about, about um, you know, relegation all that, I think that they're pretty much gone. They've got and they've a very, very favourable run home as well. Uh, they, they do they do host uh, Gold Coast Knights um, on Wednesday night, I do believe. And... Um, yeah, that, that that will be that'll be probably their toughest challenge. But uh especially Gold Coast Knights who are motivated to, you know, to wrap up their their top four spot. But uh look the way Brisbane City are playing at the moment, uh that's not gonna be easy for Scott McDonald's men going up to uh corporate corporate travel management stadium uh midweek. It most certainly will not. I think Brisbane City are well and truly going to be back in the MPL once again next season and Talk about teams who are down in that bottom end of the table Adam, on Saturday night. Logan Lightning came from behind to beat Capella by three goals. Three goals from Eddie Bibwell, Jacob Atubia, an 85th minute winner from Matt Capello gave Logan a priceless win in this game, Adam. They were 2-0 down. They found a way to win and it does keep their survival hopes alive. Yeah, I did I did say last week on this show this game was dangerous and for at least for the first half and you know a bit of the second half, this was you know, looking very bleak for uh, for Logan. But, you know, well done to them, you know, getting, digging themselves out of that hole. And they've got plenty of work to do uh, if they're going to survive. They do, but they're still well and truly in the fight. The final game of the round was played at Underwood Park between Brisbane Roar Academy and the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. It was a 4-2 win for the Brisbane Roar Academy. Two goals from Thomas Waddingham, one from Brenrick Morrow, one from Ty Cobb in stoppage time gave them the win in that game. That's back-to-back wins for the Brisbane Roar Academy now, Adam, is starting to pick up 
a few points at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, it's uh, look uh, for for everything that's been said and and done uh, for the Raw. Like I said, six points in a week, and all of a sudden, um, yeah, they're they're winning. I think you know, obviously performances have been a lot better. Uh, yeah, in the last in the last week, obviously, albeit against you know the win midweek against the Palabar, and obviously a very uh, road shy Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, this afternoon. But um, look, winning winning is good, and it's a um, it's a momentum, man. In, in a week as well, that now I know, again, the Raw have copped a bit of stick for their uh, results, but in a week where in other MPL competitions, where in MPL South Australia, Adelaide United's team got beaten 7-0 by Adelaide Comets, and uh, midweek as well, Perth Glory's youth team got beat 5-1 by Sorrento. So, look, it's not just the Raw Academy at the moment that, you know, get caught on the back end of some absolute towelings uh from their from their you know MPL opponents as well. It it happens it happens, you know, across. So I think, you know, just saying that, oh, they're not good enough. Uh, look, you gotta look at you gotta look at it around the league, around around the country that this is this is not just something that's, you know, just on the raw. Like I said, the other and I know I know that, you know, especially in MPL New South Wales, I know Sydney FC in the past as well has been have been handed some quite handy hidings as well. I don't know this season I don't think they have, but uh, I know in previous previous times they have been. So um I think, you know, it's a, bit, a little bit out of line, you know, saying, oh, that the raw seem to be the only, you know, yeah, academy club set up in the like A League Academy set up that are struggling uh, and getting belted, you know, you know, week in week out. You know, so th- these results happen across the country. A couple of good results this week for Chris Crossman. So I've looked at the table now in the MPL men's competition. Lions are the 2022 MPL Queensland champions. They are on 45 points out of Olympic 37, Peninsula Power 35, Gold Coast Knights trained at the top four on 32 points. Then it's Gold Coast United, 27. Morton Bay, 25. Sunset Coast Wanderers, 25. Brisbane City, 24. East Suburbs, 22. Logan, 20. Brisbane Brisbane Raw, beg your pardon, 16. And Capalabar relegated on just the four points. So it's a very tight battle in and around the edge of that top four, Adam. Then it's also another very tight battle around the second relegation spot with a couple of sides fighting it out in both those battles. Look, I think especially now that Lions have wrapped up a tile, I think that's all we can hope for. Um, as as um, fans of of the MPLs, that you know the the that hopefully that the final four race will go will go down the wire, and uh, look, the relegation battle is is probably also going to go down to the final week. So so yeah, look, plenty plenty of interest still left in the um, in in the MPL, despite Lions are uh, taking the silverware unofficially tonight. And speaking of lines, we'll continue to to bask in the glow of their achievements as we shift to the MPL women's now. Adam, three catch-up games during the week. Gold Coast United 2-0 over Olympic. Morton Bay 1, QAS 1. But the most important matchup of the three, Lions FC 3, Eastern Suburbs 1. Out there at Heath Park, goals from Tegan Thompson, Amy Gunson and Tegan Riding cancelled out Lauren Askins, opener for the home side. But this game marked 50 games unbeaten in the league for Lions FC and the MPL Women's. A fantastic achievement for Rob, for Rob Askew and his side. They've been the benchmark team for the last two, three years now, and this is a superb achievement. 
Yeah, look, I made the point before that you know that uh, that Lions FC have been the gold standard, and no more, and no more so in the women's. Um, look, at the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't matter what league what league is, you know, to be to be disciplined enough to win fifty, you know, fifty, you know, not win, but uh, un, unbeaten fifty games, uh, fifty one now after the result today, but we'll just we'll just park it on after East. But and of those but of those fifty uh, games unbeaten, forty eight have been wins. So uh, winning is contagious, and look, uh, look, what what more can you say about about uh, this Lions women's program? You know, it it has been a juggernaut, and look, it, it's probably set to continue. They've been every bit as dominant as their MPL men's side. They will probably wrap up the MPL women's title in the next week or so. So congratulations to Rob Askew and his side on their long unbeaten run. We'll have to see if anyone can end that run this year before the end of the season. Elsewhere in round 14 this weekend, you mentioned Lions SC. They did have a 5-0 win today over Sunset Coast. When it's Gotham, Marielle Hecker, Cannon Clough, Tegan Thompson and Aisha Norrie in that one. Olympic FC drew nil all with Capalaba on Saturday night. Gold Coast United 1-0 over South United. Goal from Deanna Thompson in that game. And Maya Bruckner gave Eastern Suburbs a 1-0 win over the QAS. So, Plenty of home wins this weekend, Adam, in the MPL Women's. Yeah, uh, look, it seems like uh, business as usual. Gold Coast United are now in second place. Uh, quite quite staggering, actually, looking at the uh, ladder as well, that, you know, Lions up top 47 goals for six against versus Gold Coast United, 17 goals for and seven against. So you can sort of see where maybe Gold Coast United's issue is at the moment. Uh, but look, uh, look, all joking aside, they're they're a very very good team, and uh, it is it is starting. They are starting to establish you know a bit of a pattern. Uh, South United still go along well with East and Kapalabar as well, probably uh, in that bunch. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they'll probably need their form needs to probably you know change in a hurry, and I think I think there might be I think there might be sort of a few too many tough teams in this uh, division for them. And uh, yeah, Olympic uh, QAS and Morton Bay rounded out. You've just gone through the table for me absolutely perfectly there. So I'll only go through the numbers. So Lions SC do sit top on 36, and it's Gold Coast 21, East 20, South United 17, Capalabar also on 17 on goal difference, missing out currently. Then it's, uh, it's Sunshine Coast Wanderers 15, Olympic 14, QAS 7, and Morton Bay in that relegation spot currently on six points. So with a handful of games to go, Adam, it looks likely that, Olymp- that Gold Coast, oh, sorry, that Lions SC will wrap up another premiership in the next week or so, but this top four battle just changes weekly, doesn't it? One result does genuinely change the whole complexion of the top four race. Yeah, look, and uh, we, we say about Capalabar as well, uh, compared to East and South. Uh, Capalabar have got th- uh, two games in hand on South, one game in hand uh, on East. I know the bye will play a, a part in this as well. So, yeah, look... It, the result, like points, are going to be at an absolute premium, and even even Sunshine Coast Wanderers, even though I sort of half wrote them off, uh, you know, just about a minute ago, uh, they they still as well, uh, you know, well within striking distance, even Olympic. So so yeah, so look, it's going to be a fascinating battle um, for the the top four, but at the moment, it's it's uh, Lions FC first, Daylight second, at, at the moment. It most certainly is that. We'll move to FQPL1 now on the women's side quickly. Adam, it was a one-game played 
Midweek was a 1-0 win for Logan over Southwest Queensland Thunder in a catch-up game from round 13. From round 17, Logan made it two wins in the week with a 4-2 win over the gap. This evening, a hat-trick from Jasmine Moyes-Santos in that game for the visitors. Elsewhere in round 17, Peninsula Power 3-1 winners over Southwest Queensland Thunder at home. Virginia 2-0 winners away from home against Brisbane City and Mitchelton, 3-2 winners over Western Pride. Two goals from Kaylee Poufro, the gold leader in that one. That, we'll go through the results now, Adam, but that win for Mitchelton probably does ensure that they will finish in second place this year in the league. Yeah, that's a big, vital win for Mitchelton. Uh, and I would dare say that, yeah, barring some you know, adverse results in, in the run home, everyone everyone are on equal um Unequal games left, but uh, look, looking at the runs home, uh, yeah, I think Western Pride probably, yeah, probably have blown their chance at uh, promotion. I think with that, with that loss, uh, and uh, look, and also as well, uh, the one thing is that Brisbane City at the moment probably have to look over their shoulder after their loss to Virginia, um, and that 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 race for that for that fourth spot is going to be fascinating on the run home because, uh, dare I say it, uh, Virginia probably have a much easier run home than than Brisbane City. Well, Virginia played the bottom three sides in their last four games, whereas Brisbane City play against the three teams currently alongside them in the top four. There's only a three point gap between the two sides, so Virginia definitely have the opportunity there to make it into the top four ahead of Brisbane City. So that'll be a very, very fascinating race to see who does that. And also we should mention that it is likely in the next week, we said Lions FC will probably wrap up the NPL Women's Premiership. So too will Peninsula Power almost certainly do the same in the FQPL Women's. Yeah, um, and like the undefeated Peninsula Power as well. So they, uh, they yeah, they, they've just... They've gone from strength to strength, and it's, it's good to see them really, you know, you know, back in MPL. Hell, uh, you know, obviously their men's side for a long time as a club have been very, you know, the, the two-time premiers, and it looks like that their their women's team will be heading to the top division in the women's. Uh, it's just, as I said, uh, promotion and the premiership will will come probably next week. Yep, neither of those officially secured yet, but they are on the brink of both. Let's look at the table now. Peninsula Power do sit top of the table on 45 points ahead of Mitchelton, 37. Western Pride, 33. Brisbane City ran out the top four on 27. That's Virginia, 24. Logan up into sixth on 13. Ahead of South of Queensland Thunder, also on 13 with the gap on just the two points. And their relegation will almost certainly be confirmed next week as well. So it's a it's a, it's an interesting little table at the moment, isn't it? A couple of very intriguing battles in the FQPL one, Adam. Yeah, it's um, it, it is uh, getting to you know the business end of the season as we said, and um, yeah, it there's it a number of number of different sort of you know storylines you know, at uh, at both ends of the table that I think are going to really sort of you know they're going to be very very interesting over the next uh, two three three weeks. Absolutely, and we move to the FQPL one on the men's side. There has been some promotion secured over the weekend, and congratulations go to Rochester Rovers and Redlands United, who have finished top two in the FQPL1 competition. Adam, the final order between those two is yet to be determined with a couple of games to play, but those two sides have booked a spot in the NPL competition for 2022. For Redlands, it's a return for the former champions after a year absence after their relegation 
last year, whereas for Rochdale, it's their first time in this top tier as the state's football. So congratulations to both. Yeah, look, uh, Redlands. It's it good to see them return the the uh, former the former champions. And uh, but Rochdale, after a number of near misses, finally they've they've reached the promised land. And look, they they are a big uh, big club in terms of you know of of you know Brisbane football. And to see them uh, go go finally reach MPL, that's going to be very very interesting. Where that club goes uh, from here. Absolutely. They've secured their promotion. As we look at round 20 of the FQPL on one men's competition. They secured that promotion with a 2-1 win at home over the Western Pride. Goals from Marek Madley and Oleg Yinke Kahinde gave them a 2-1 win over the Western Pride. A goal from Adam Edgar for the visitors in that one. Whereas Redlands United, two goals from Guy Santana, one from Rio Amoto, and an own goal were enough to get them the win over the Magpies. So two very good performances there against teams in the top four, Adam, and that could very well be not just not just promotion secure, but a real marker down from those two sides ahead of potentially a couple of semi-final matchups. Yeah, it's uh like I said, they have been clearly, you know, the the two best teams in uh in FQPI on the season. And uh look, it's gonna come down to the last last week and pretty much the last scheduled fixture of the season to decide who's gonna be the premier. Um at the moment I think the advantage is, is with Rochdale with that game in hand. But uh look a a result against the grain and all of a sudden Redlands are in play for the for the premiership. We'll have to see what happens with those games. It is potentially Rochdale's to lose. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. The other three games from round 20 of the FQPL 1 competition are Southwest Queensland Thunder 2, Ipswich Knights 1, an 87th minute winner from Wilford Philippe in that one for the visitors. So let them take the points back up the range. Uh, Southside Eagles 2, Sunshine Coast Fire 1, a penalty from OUN Park with 20 minutes to play settled. That result up there on the goal on the Sunshine Coast and the final game played out at Parc de Paris between the Brisbane Strikers and Caboolture. And it was a late penalty from Jordan Farina that got the strikers a point in that one, Adam. Yeah, right. Uh, look, that's uh that that's made the relegation battle very fascinating. Um I think Caboolture would have would have loved to have claimed all three points against strikers. Uh but that the the well, I should say the the, the playoff. Uh, promotion playoff, I should say. Oh, sorry, relegation playoff. I mean, um, yeah, with Mitchelton, who were on the bye this week, they're on they're on level points. Mitchie do have um, a much superior goal difference. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, two points squandered for Caboolture. That could have been very, very handy for him. Well, those, that goal difference would have made it all the more important because it would have put them two points clear of Mitchelton to go through a table now. In FQPL 1, Redlands United do sit currently top of the table on 41 points. Rochdale second on 39. Both those sides, as we said, they have been promoted to the MPL for next year. That is South West Queensland Thunder 29, Western Pride 27. They're rounding out top four. That's Magpies Crusaders also on 27 points ahead of Southside Eagles 25, Brisbane Strikers 24, Sunshine Coast 23, Mitchelson 19, Caboolture 19, and Ipswich Knights 11. So there's a three into two battle emerging there for the top four spot, Adam, and maybe a two, two, two for one at the bottom between Mitchelton and Caboolture. Yeah, and uh, look, it's such nights at the moment. They're not officially relegated uh, automatically, but um, yeah, they're going to need some results and a lot of help uh, to to get out of that one. So um, 
yeah, they're they're they're, they're on, on pretty much on the edge of being uh, relegated. So yeah, look, it come it will probably come down to Mitchelton and Kabulcha as far as the uh, relegation promotion playoff. Um, look, and on the other side of the, the at the tip of the finals uh, for third and fourth, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be very very interesting um, as well. Like we said, that Rochdale Roach, may claim the uh, premiership on the on the final day of the season. But uh, look, Magpies Crusaders could be playing for their finals lives on the on the last day of the season because if they can go to Underwood Park and get the points, they may well be the ones uh, playing finals football at the expense of either Western Pride or Thunder, depending on um, depending on sort of you know how their results go between now and then. Uh, one more point as well. So I just want to make as well as uh, congratulations to Southside Eagles as well. Uh, Claude Capelli and his his team. Uh, a lot a lot of people, including us, I think. Uh, Definitely would have them, us. It would have them pegged for, you know, in those bottom two spots, but they're, they're safe and they're running six at the moment. So, uh, look, congratulations to them. They, they're a small club that seems to, you know, punch above their weight in this um in this division. That's for sure. They sit in sixth place currently on 25 points. They've got one game left to play, so they could end up up on 28 points, which would currently put them in the top four. Probably not by the time all the games are played, but... A very successful season for Claude, Claude Capelli and his side. So congratulations to all those out at Belimba there. Very good mid-table finish for them coming up. Moving on now to the FQPL2, where we have our second officially crowned championship 2022. Adam and his Surface Paris Apollo, who are the FQPL2 champions. They were promoted last week. They secured the premiership with a point. They needed a point at Albany Creek. They got all three and... It's a very good achievement for Alex Morrison's side. Back-to-back promotions into FQPL1 now. Yeah, look, we actually had the, uh, the pleasure of seeing him live in, in action at Walter Park uh, last night. And look, they're, they're a very good team. They're, they're a very good team, a very very, very tough you know, team as well. Um, look, Albany Creek um, in its top of the table clash. Uh, look, they, they'll end up being, you know, they end up putting up a, a, a bit of a fight against uh, Surface Paradise. And uh, look at the moment, Albany Creek are absolutely wrapped with injuries at the moment, and they, which has probably been the explanation for their, they saw their form dip uh, after sort of going, after going through, you know, most of the season um, under fear. They've, they've dropped, they've dropped three games since, um, and I, I think there's, they are missing a number of their key players. So that might explain. But they, they did fight, they did fight back, and they sort of, you know, had some bit, a few chances late in the game to, so you know, maybe steal a point and delay the, um, to, to, to possibly have delayed the, uh, the premiership party. But, uh, but yeah, in the end, Surface Paradise too strong and look deserved premiers. Absolutely. So it was a 2-1 win for Sur- Surface Paris Apollo at Walter Park on Saturday night. Uh, goals from Teddy Watson and Bruno Rodriguez in the first quarter of the game. 25 minutes there, get the goals for the visitors in that one. Ryan Jones, as you said, you said, did get a goal back for Albany Cricket. They were certainly pushing for an equaliser towards the end of the game. It would have been academic in terms of the premiership, but that sort of, if they could have got the equaliser, it might have been very significant in terms of a marker being laid down for the finals where they may very well meet once again. Yeah, and it was a very, um, it was a very physical, it was a very sort of, you know, at times a, a little bit uh, spicy as well. So, look, I think, you know, while, while they, they weren't, they were brave in defeat Albany Creek last night, they get a few of their players back. And if they get another crack at them on grand final day, 
um, they they are going to be um, it's going to be a fairly you know, good contest. Uh, but then again, on the other hand, uh, looking without spoiling for giving away the table as well, they've actually fallen to third. So uh, they they have uh, they have to sort of you know watch watch behind their shoulder next. They're right in the in the pack you now of the chasing pack for the rest for those uh, other spots. Thank you for that spoiler. By the way, we will get to the table in just a few moments' time. But first, let's hear from the the championship-winning coach of Surf Sports, Polo, Alex Morris. We caught up with him after his side's win against Albany Creek on Saturday. That's all, that's, all we had, that's all we had to say, and we'll be back right after this. I'm joined by the premiership-winning coach of Surf Sports, Polo. I'm Alex Morrison. Alex, congratulations, first and foremost, on the premiership. Cheers, mate. I'm on the result here tonight, 2-1 over Albany Creek. You must be really happy with that, and Marcus placed down ahead of the finals as well. Yeah, 100%. I thought we played really well. Do you know, I thought in the first half we were excellent. We probably could have been 3 or 4-0 up. Um, but Albany being a good team they are they've kept in the game um, and then kept themselves in the game so obviously at the end we you know they they pushed us to the end but you know I thought we were uh, we were the better side tonight you've been the better side for most of the season how proud you are of your side accomplishments so far this season I'm very proud you know they're a great group great group of boys you know I've been here a long time um, and you know we've built this over years um, and we were ready to take on these Brisbane teams and we're really excited for QPL 1 back to back promotions as well now in the league for Sparrows that must be especially pleasing to take on FQPL 1 next year yeah you know we're really excited there's big sides in there um, but you know we'll be ready and we'll uh, put our best foot forward and so how important is it now to finish the job in FQPL 2 with the final series coming up yeah our final series is more of a an Australian thing probably I'm all about the league you know so you know we'll enjoy the finals of course you know we'll put our best foot forward but for me it's always about the league I hadn't really heard of final stuff till I came to Australia to be honest so um yeah for me it's all about the league the league's the best team uh you know the best win it all year like no one celebrates winning an FA Cup you know so for me I'm really proud of just winning the league it's a fantastic team congratulations and go enjoy the celebration cheers pal and thank you to Alex for his time out there at Walter Park on Saturday evening. The other results from from the weekend, round 20 in the FQPL 2. Grange Thistle 1-0 winners over Virginia United. An own goal in that one got the points for the home side. A one-all draw between Holland Park, Hawks and South United. North Star went down to Magic and came over with a 2-1 win in that game. Um, Sanford Rangers 3-1 winners over Turinga Rovers there are two goals from Thomas Dyer and one from Dane Forsyth got the goals for the visitors in that game and in the final game of the round Wynnum Wolves 4-1 winners over Coomera a hat-trick from Byron McLeod helped them on their way to securing a top four finish potentially Adam and it is really tightening up around that top four now in FQPL too yeah, uh, I think top four may pretty much be set now. Obviously, serves Paradise as the uh, premiers and uh, including one promotion spot. Um, but look, Sam- Samford, Albany Creek and Wolves, they will be fighting it out until the final sort of, I think the final round, uh, who goes second, third and fourth. Um, and again, I, to just to repeat my rant from last week, um, did you get any really? feedback on this, by the way? No. Nope. And uh, also, as well as of about an hour ago, it was still on, listed in the PDF on the uh, Football Queensland website, that it's still first, second, third and promoted, and fourth are in the playoffs. So uh, with the table this time, I would implore the competition committee, the competition team at Football Queensland to at least clarify what it actually is, because... Um, Look, this this race has gotten is is heating right up, 
And at the moment, if you read sort of, you know, one set of rules, uh, Wyndham Wolves are at the moment in in the uh, really in the playoff for promotion. If you read the other set of rules, uh, they're not going anywhere. So please, someone someone tell all of us in football land what is actually going on with football queens with the FQPL2 competition as far as the promotion spots go because, uh, yeah, that's going to get very, very interesting very, very quickly, especially the run home of the finals. And on behalf of both myself and James, I'd like to point out to the FQ competitions department, that is Adam who is asking for this clarification, right. continuing to bring yeah. this up. It is, it's a send all correspondence in that direction, Please, I will go through the table now. Before you go fine. on any further with this, we'll go through the table. Service Paris are the prem, are the premiers and promoted on 51 points. That is Sanford Rangers, as you said, they are now in second place on 37 points. Albany Creek in third on 36. Winner Wolves also on 36 in fourth. That is the top four as it currently stands. Then it is Holland Park Hawks 28, Turinga 25, North Star 24, Grants Thistle 21, South United 21, Magic 20, Coomera 13, and Virginia United, who were officially relegated to FQPL 3 over the weekend. They are on 11 points, Adam. So it does seem like that top four is now well and truly settled, and it's a battle to see who will secure or who will fall into that second spot. Coomera currently look like they may be, may be heading down, but they got a big catch-up game this midweek against Magic United, which could well shape that that second relegation spot. Yeah, uh, that that that's huge because um, that game, Magic United, who are probably the, are the closest uh, team to sort of, you know, if it's not going to be Kuma, Magic United are in the firing line at the moment. So a win for Magic United pretty much will save them. And I would dare say that, you know, Kuma Colts, while mathematically will still be alive, uh, I would say it will be very, very tough from there. So big, big game. Absolutely. So that is the five leagues wrapped up for the weekend. Who's your performer of the week this week? Um, look, there's plenty to choose from, but I'm actually going to go a different tack because um, we, as as uh, people who watch our socials, uh, yeah, they know every, at the start of every month we list the Golden Boot uh, standings, and uh, my my dear colleague over here may have uh, excluded one particular person on that, and that would be uh, Western Pride striker Adam Edgar, who did score on the weekend. So, with apologies for that omission, uh, and actually scoring this week, he gets uh, my performer of the week. And no, we don't hate you. No, we do not. Can said person claim fatigue for that that um, error of, of their ways? Yeah, look, um, yes. we'll have to see. <laughs> Apologies for that one, Adam. Of my product, I'm going to go for a club, and I'm going to go for the obvious Lions FC, premiers of the MPL men's competition, and 50 games unbeaten in the women's competition. They, As you said, they have set the standard, and if there's ever a week to give them the performer of the week nod, this is the one. So congratulations to Lions FC. That might be the biggest amount of performance of the week that you've ever given out. <laughs> I've but, given a few. That's, that's about 40-odd players yeah, and staff. So. Yeah, but look, yeah, they are, that is, but they are deserved. As I keep on saying, the, the gold line, the gold standard in uh, football in uh, this part of the world. No doubt about that. It's been a great week for them, and we'll have to see if anyone can knock them off in the finals. Adam, let's show me once again. Yep, uh, thank you, and good night. We'll be back once again next week to recap all the action in the MPL and FQ belt. We'll talk to you then.